Welcome back, everybody. We have made it to week six. We are, once this week ends, a third of the way through this NFL regular season. We have some things to go over today. We'll start with the game predictions. Uh, first game, we'll have Arizona at Cleveland, and you can start. Yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this game. Kyle Murray's been on an MVP pace. He's uh, over 1,500 yards through the air thus far, as well as another 100 on the ground. He's got himself 13 total touchdowns through five games as well, I believe, 10 passing, three rushing. Uh, and the, this defense in Arizona has been playing pretty well, too. Uh, this is a really big number. They've had eight forced fumbles. I didn't realize they had that much, five of which have been recovered, and then another five interceptions. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb being ruled out for Cleveland is going to be a bite uh, for them. It's going to bite their chances at winning. Uh, I'm definitely going to take Arizona in this game. I think it would be closer had Nick Chubb not been ruled out, but I'm going to take Arizona 31-20. Yeah. Um, looking at this game, it's interesting from both sides because, you know, the Cardinals, they lose Cliff Kingsbury and some other coaches yep. due to COVID. And Cleveland loses Nick Chubb. But uh, I'm not really worried about Nick Chubb because I've almost like Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb this season. Uh, it feels like he's uh, – they can do just about as much, but then Hunt brings a receiving aspect out of the backfield. And he often feels like he brings almost a little bit more consistency. Some days Chubb has his uh, like 20-carry games where he just doesn't break something like 80 yards. Uh I think Hunt will fill in just fine. I expect him to have a big week. This is going to be a really interesting game, and I really don't know what to think of Cleveland's defense now after they just yeah. gave up 47 points or 42, yeah, 47 points uh, to one of the top offenses in the NFL. And then you face another top offense in the NFL. Uh, will this defense be able to stand, or will they fall apart and it'll just be a shootout again? Um, I'm going to take Cleveland by five. I feel like this hmm. will be in part of Arizona losing multiple coaches, but I expect this one to be a great game. Yeah, Cleveland also seems that they get tired towards the end of the game. You know, yeah. The two touchdowns they let up within the final three minutes, you know, yep. it just results in a loss. I mean, a two-score lead, three minutes left, you're thinking, oh, okay, I win. All yeah. I got to do is just run the ball, you know, mm-hmm. at least get another minute off the clock, and they just failed to do that. Yep, uh, Chargers got downfield really quick on that last drive. Yep. Had a big play with Jerry Cook right at the beginning of the drive. They just kept going. All right, next game, Minnesota at Carolina. Uh, Minnesota team, they're coming off a field goal win as time expired. Yep. From 54, Greg Joseph. This could be a 3-2 and two team right now if they could make a 36-yard game-winning field goal. Um happened against the Cardinals. The Cardinals could be not be an undefeated team right now. But nonetheless, whatever happened, happened. Cardinals are 5-0. Vikings are 2-3. and three. Uh, And I think the Vikings will go to 3-3 three and three this week. Carolina, uh, they really showed that they, they had a lot of struggles offensively last week. Uh, the defense played well, but when the offense continues to collapse like that, you just sort of lose momentum. The defense doesn't have much time to rest. And when you get a guy like Jalen Hurts, uh, he's going to be able to move the ball downfield against a tiring defense. And um, it all depends whether this Carolina offense can be sustainable. I mean, last week we saw him with 18 points. Uh, I think the week before was that against the Texans? 
But nonetheless, so. yeah, yeah, they had a really good offensive game there. Oh, they uh, had that game. Darnold had two rushing touchdowns. I think that was before or that was after the Texans game. But nonetheless, uh, this Panthers team just needs to find some consistency. And I don't think this week's time they will find it. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings 23-19. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers have been playing well this season so far. You know, recently falling to the Eagles in a game that they, they really didn't play the way they had through the first four weeks. No. Part of that may be missing Christian McCaffrey, you know, who who is the surefire offensive star on that offense. But I've also been impressed by the defense. The defense has played well, too. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand of the ball, Minnesota has been playing very well on offense. You know, obviously losing Dalvin Cook for two weeks, that's tough. But Alexander Madison comes in and puts up great numbers this two weeks, Always. really filling in. He's a great, I guess they're calling him a handcuff for that team, and he's, he's really pulling that team together when uh, Dalvin Cook isn't playing. And it was the same thing last year, a couple games. Uh, you know, I think Thielen and Jefferson is still one of the greater wide receiver duos in the NFL, with yep. Thielen not necessarily putting up the greatest numbers the past two weeks. Uh, but, you know, he is the one. He beat his uh, – I believe he was being uh, – I forget who was guarding him, but he beat his man and got into field goal range and yeah. sat down on the ball to set up the 53-yarder or whatever. That was, for the, that, was, that was important. That was an important catch by him, and it just shows me that this offense can get it done in big time, you know, in big time. Uh, and, you know, with Christian McCaffrey out, I think I'm going to take the Vikings. I think it is going to be a close battle, though, not necessarily because the Vikings aren't a great football team. Uh, they are a good football team. I think I agree with you. I think they can fit into a wild card spot if they continue to turn it around right now. I'm going to take the Vikings 27-26, maybe another game-winning field goal. Interesting. I mean, you've had a pattern where he made one, then he missed one, yeah, and then he made one. So. My Maybe stands. He's ruins that the, pattern. He's on yep. pace to miss a game-winning field goal. All right, next game, Buffalo at Tennessee. You can start. Oh, sadly, the only reason the Tennessee Titans have a winning record right now, in my opinion, is because of Derrick Henry. Yes. And because of their division, who is 1-4, 1-4, and 0-5. It, it's, it's pretty bad over there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. really, it's really looking to me like the NFC East of the past. Um, you know, the past game has been limited, uh, and honestly, that, that's an issue. I'm going to ignore the fact that they've lost in overtime to the them-winless Jets. Uh, but the past game being limited is partly due to injuries uh, in Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and then one could argue it may be partly due to the inability to execute big plays. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, on the other hand, is playing backyard football, and they have all the older kids. It's almost like if you have the high school kids against the elementary school kids mm-hmm. and you have backyard football. I mean, this past game is something else. He, to use Dawson Knox, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Stefan Diggs in, is an absolute treasure, and all are playing well. And really, on top of that, the sketchy backfield duo and Zach Moss and Devin Singletary hasn't played terrible. They're not amazing, but they have accounted for four of the team's six rushing touchdowns. And last year, Josh Allen was that best rusher, too. So easily, I'm going to take Buffalo. You know, I think they are a Super Bowl-bound team, either this year or in the future. Uh, I'm going to take them 34-17. Yeah, uh, I was actually just about right there. Uh, this Tennessee offense really struggles when they aren't able to run through Derrick Henry. Uh, yep. I believe Henry will still be productive, but I don't think we'll see one of those games where he has 150 yards. Uh, this, excuse me, this Buffalo defense, uh, they're, they're, they've shown that they're solid. Um, 
both against the run and the pass. You know, they yeah, really, absolutely. Did, a, did a great job at limiting Clyde Edwards Hilaire and then uh Darrell Williams who came in after him and even Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great game. Um I don't think this is gonna be much of a competitive game. I'm gonna take Buffalo by fourteen, thirty one seventeen. Nice. Very close. <laughs> very, very, very close. All right, last game prediction. Dallas at New England. I'll start this one. Uh, Mac Jones has been really impressive to watch. It's not necessarily that he's taking the most downfield shots, but he's completing these short passes uh, consistently. He's not missing the throws he should make. And because of this, he's letting this Patriots offense drive downfield, you know, losing James White. Uh, he's a big asset in the passing game. That's a big loss. Right. But Damian Harris, he has ran well to a certain extent this season. And this Patriots offense, I mean, you see guys like Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, you're like, that's not a good receiving room. Right. But then you look at Jacoby Myers' stats, he's uh, consistently bringing in like six-plus receptions a game with 60 yards. Uh, I believe one point, uh, one game this year had nine for ninety something. Uh, he's actually he's been playing really well. He's really impressed me. Um, now one of this Dallas team, uh, this Dallas team, they've really shown that this is a top offense in the NFL. I think we all expected Dak to do well once he come once once he came back, and mm-hmm. he's exactly proving our point. Uh, Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback in the NFL. Um. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, if Trevon Diggs, how he mans up with these Patriots wide receivers who have been quietly productive. I'm going to take Dallas 27-25 in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree with you taking Dallas. You know, I heard Mike Greenberg and Dominic Foxworth get into it the other day on Get Up, how good Dallas really is. And then the rest of the crew joins in and starts saying they really think Dallas is a Super Bowl contending team. You know, at first I forgot they're no longer the 8-8 eight and eight team we've made fun of for so long. And right now I agree with them. I mean, Dallas has a team to make a run in the playoffs. They really do, and they're playing like it too. The defense, led by the current six interception, I believe, Trayvon Diggs, an already well-known solid offense, you know, is performing on contending levels. The Patriots, not so much. They haven't been terrible, but it really only it, it's really only improved slightly over in Foxborough since the leave of Cam Newton. Either way, this is going to be a fun game, you know, as any Bill Belichick coach game is. I'm going to take Dallas 29-16. Yeah, uh, moving on to the Boomer Bust for the week. We're just going to go rapid-fire style this week. No explanation needed. Ten players, ten tries. We'll look next week, see what we got out of ten. I'll start off with my booms. Uh People I think are going to have a good week. I'm um, looking at Kareem Hunt against the Cardinals with Nick Chubb out. James Robinson against Miami. Brandon Cooks against that battered cold secondary. Deontay Johnson against the Seattle Seahawks. Joe Mixon against the Lions. And Chubba Hubbard with McCaffrey again absent against the – they play this week? I don't uh, remember. Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. That's who it is. Panthers, Vikings. I think Chubbard Hubbard will have a good week. I want to do your okay. six. You said six booms, right? Yep. Okay. My booms, I kind of want some couple low-key players. I said Daryl Williams, Marquise Brown, Sterling Shepard, Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods, and T. Higgins. Interesting. All are, all are in for some good games. couple coming off of injuries, such as Sterling and Shepherd. T. Yeah, and I'm then sure. uh, 
And then, yeah, I saw you're sitting him. I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't really know if you'd start him over anybody. No, I, 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 do, I, do, I want to give him a week coming off an injury with Jalen yeah. Ramsey on that de- with Jalen Ramsey on that defense. Yeah, I right. It could be, it could be interesting. All right, my bust for the week: I have Saquon against the Rams, Odell Beckham against the Cardinals, Allen Robinson against the Packers, and Josh Jacobs against Denver. You know, you get Saquon against that. Tough L.A. defense, L.A. Rams, of course. Yeah, uh, Odell Beckham, he's been fighting for carry or fighting for targets. Allen Robinson just hasn't been good with Justin Fields, and he'll have Jair Alexander to work with, and Josh Jacobs against a stout Denver front. Yeah, I don't mean to correct you, but Saquon Barkley's out, isn't he? Uh, is he? Oh, he is. Oh, my God, that ankle. What about – I completely oh, forgot. Yo, yeah, we'll go with Devontae Booker. Go yeah, Devontae I was going to say, Booker go with Booker. Oh my yep. God! How can I be that stupid? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was thinking maybe you meant Devontae Booker. I just saw. I just right. saw Giants versus Rams. I was like, oh, Saquon. Oh shoot! I yeah. completely <laughs> forgot he had an ankle injury. Jeez, thanks yep. for that. All right, so my bus predictions. Uh, a little bit more low key here. Jacoby Myers, who's been interesting so far in the year, going up against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller, you should still start him, but he's going up against the sixth ranked pass defense in Denver. Cortland Sutton, I don't know. He's really inconsistent so far this year. I know he, yeah. I know he was hurt. And then Devin Singletary. I just, I, he's been falling off since that like eighteen fantasy point week two game um, against the football team. I'm just, I'm waiting to see if he can actually do anything there anymore. Yeah, it seems like Moss is taking the bulk of those yeah. carries, and he's been definitely the more productive guy. Same thing happened last year. We sort Absolutely. of saw Singletary yep. at the beginning, and we saw Moss casually take over. Uh, mm-hmm. Singletary really struggled as a rusher his entire career that I've seen so far. He really isn't efficient, and he's just not better than Zach Moss, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. Right, next segment, we have roll the dice. Is it worth taking a chance on trading or starting these players in fantasy? We'll start with Odell Beckham again. You can go. Well, it depends on what your team is for a guy like Odell Beckham. I don't think that you should because he's honestly not been performing great. And I understand he sat out the first two weeks, but the past two weeks against the Chargers and the Vikings, I believe he accounted for seven targets in Minnesota, uh, only caught two of them for 27 yards. Yep. Um, and then against the Chargers, he was only targeted three times. And mind you, this is still without Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Um, and he caught another two of those for 20 yards. The first game back against Chicago, he did have nine targets, five receptions for 77 yards, but this is another one of those receivers that he's missing out on the touchdown. And that is an issue right now going into week six. I understand. I think the past two weeks, Baker Mayfield has been playing with some form of shoulder injury. Um, from what I've heard, isn't that true? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with how Odell's been playing. But regardless, you don't have Jarvis Landry in that offense right now, and I think because of that, he should be performing better, and he's just not. So I'm going to say right now, and I really think it's going to stay this way. I don't think it's worth trading for this man. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think it's worth taking a uh, chance on him at this point. Um, His price hasn't necessarily gone down because he's. Just because the name he has to himself, Odell Beckham Jr., but he's in a run-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chubb and Hunter really carrying this offense, 
And then you have Jarvis Landry returning, I believe, is it this week? Either this week or next week. I believe it's either this week or next week, yeah. yes. And then you've got guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins getting right. out-targeted by – well, OBJ is getting out-targeted by like three or four targets to both of these guys. And that's really an issue to me. Um, he's not Baker – shows Baker's not really looking to him as his number one guy. Still only in his first game back, only just five receptions. Yeah. Excuse me. Five receptions, as you said, for 73 yards. And then since then, uh, his targets and receptions are just going down and down. And it's going to be really interesting to see if his role diminishes even more once Landry comes back. Because Landry, uh, Landry without Odell looked much better than Odell without Landry. Yes. And it's definitely not worth taking a chance on Odell Beckham right now. And I think Odell Beckham will be out of the Browns team at the end of this year. Yeah. Next one, Miles Sanders. I'll start here. Uh, he, this is a hard one because he hasn't shown much productivity, but that's because he hasn't really gotten options or he hasn't really got opportunity to show yeah. much productivity. Uh, he's been an efficient runner when he does get carries. Uh, he ran – really well on his limited carries against the Bucks. I think no matter whether it's through the passing game or the running game, Miles Sanders needs to be included in this offense. And I think the coaching staff should be able to pick up on this because Jalen Hurts, uh, I feel like he's throwing way too much. You can take, the, take some of the ease off your second-year quarterback by giving it to a reliable, efficient running back. Yeah, I think right now – he does have a lower buy price because he's had multiple uh, single-digit weeks. Yep. And I think he is worth taking a chance on if you can find the right value for him. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think after his week one, he had – week one, I'm trying to see how many points he had or what his number for week one. So week one, he had 15 attempts for 74 yards. He also had five – or four receptions for another 40 yards. Missed out on a touchdown. Mm -hmm. He had that touchdown. He would have been over 20 points in fantasy. And since then, he's been under 10 all but the Carolina game where he literally got 10 points. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Kenneth Gainwell has been included in some more snap counts back there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and honestly, I'm not a firm believer of like the snap count you know, number and how that really contributes because I could have a guy that plays 10% of snap counts, but every single snap that he plays, it's like a drawn up play that goes to him and he gets like a 40 yard touchdown. Like it's different seeing that versus if a guy plays 90% snaps, but is just pass blocking. So it's different to me if, or it doesn't necessarily matter to me if he's playing 66% snap counts or 75 like he did at Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then he played 83 at Tampa Bay. Uh, but the issue for me is with Miles Sanders, he hasn't really had the touches. He's only passed 10 touches a game, three of his six games so far. Uh, Carolina 11, Dow- or uh, San Francisco 13, and Atlanta 15. So I'm going to agree with you. I, I think it- this one's interesting because he can turn it around uh, but you definitely should be careful of not over overbuying this yeah. guy because yep. if you pay too much, there is still the risk reward of him not doing anything for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. Last one is Taylor Heineke, a guy that could still be on some free agents 
Yeah. Some 10-person leagues. Uh, You can start here. So, Taylor Heineke, it's interesting. I was watching uh, Good Morning Football the other day, and they're talking about – what's the anchor's name for that? What's her name again? Kay Um, or whatever? Kay Adams. Kay Adams, right. I can't remember if it was Adams or Williams. She goes by and gives her, like, five – uh, like sleeper picks, like two wide receivers are running back, a quarterback, and a tight end. She gives like her five sleeper picks every week. And I like seeing that because it's interesting seeing what you know these professional analysts have to say. Yeah. And her quarterback was Taylor Heineke at Kansas mm-hmm. City. I'm going to agree 100%. Taylor Heineke at Kansas City. He's been playing well uh, after the fall of uh, Jesus. Patrick. Patrick. And so, you know, it's definitely interesting seeing him – after his game in the wild card against Tampa Bay, where we're like, wait, who is this guy? What is he doing right now? Mm-hmm. And he puts, he's been putting up good numbers. And let me tell you, Kansas City defense is just letting up. I mean, they are, they are pretty much letting out. I'll say it in the, the wise words of Kay Adams right now. Anything that Patrick Mahomes can do, the opposing quarterback can do to them. Yeah. That's, that's literally what's happening right now in Kansas City. I know we talked about it last week um, on what went wrong. But this is definitely an issue, uh, and I definitely could see Taylor Heineke being traded for if you have him. But that's the thing. If somebody in your league is Taylor Heineke on their roster and is starting them, chances are you probably have a better quarterback starting as of right now. Yeah, I think Taylor Heineke in most formats is going to be a waiver wire pickup or just a simple ad right now. Um, and I just I find it hard to believe that anyone should go trading for Taylor Heineke right mm-hmm. now because if you're going to trade for a quarterback, chances are you're trying to go somewhere bigger like yeah, Justin this is Herbert. More uh, rather, yeah. is he worth picking up, Pick, or picking up, or like yeah, a putting super on super flex or something like that? Especially in like a ten man league or a twelve man league, even fourteen man leagues. I definitely think maybe a fourteen fourteen man league. I could see somebody starting. Uh, Heineke, but I don't think anyone has him in our league right now. Nope. And, you know, everybody's doing just fine except for one guy with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, either way, you know how it's going. Hey, he's got um, Kyler Murray now. He, yeah, he does have Kyler Murray now. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the guy mm-hmm. who traded him has Stafford. Okay, see, so, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, see, even then, it's just it's really difficult. I don't think it's really worth the, the trade. But pick him up. Maybe put him on your lineup just as a backup. Yeah, I think he's a good guy that you could have uh... – behind one of your starting guys like a bye week plug in or something. And even you could if your quarterback's facing if your quarterback's facing like the LA Rams, if you get a guy like Tannehill against the Rams mm-hmm. uh, and then uh Taylor Heineke like plays Atlanta or something, I'd almost probably play Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Um excluding his first week cuz he came in after an injury and only got something, he only played part of the game. Uh he's gone over 20 points, three of three of the other four games. Yep. Um, he's been quietly consistent. Uh, he loves diving to pylons uh, for rushing touchdowns. Uh, gets that nice rushing upside there because he can get out of the pocket and he can run if he needs to. Uh, he loves to run in the red zone. Yep. Uh, does get some rushing touchdowns that boosts him. Uh, Especially been, for those half point per rush or super yeah, flex leads. Yep. And then – He's also been a he's also been a quietly good passer, you could yeah, say. Yeah, really has. Uh, he did struggle last week, but Heineke's definitely a guy you can take a shot on, picking him up off the waiver wire, or 
just a simple ad and just putting them on your lineup to play a matchup or be a bye week fill. Also, this is something I've forgotten at this point. How long is Ryan Fitzpatrick out? I don't even know. I believe he was put out for four weeks initially, wasn't he? I Whenever he comes it. back, I think Heineke will continue to start. I See, that's what I was going to ask. I, I think it will be interesting to see. I feel bad for Fitzpatrick. He's Fitz, just had such a weird career. Fitzpatrick so it says, may be back for week seven. May be back for week seven, yep. So, yeah, we'll definitely see how that plays out. And then you have Logan Thomas come back, and we'll see how that passing game improves yeah. for Taylor Heineke. All right, last segment for the day. Our top ten wide receivers this season. We'll start from the ten spot, and my number ten guy is one of the Buccaneers wide receivers, but it's the Ooh. one you'd least expect, Antonio Brown. Um, he's been a great surprise. He's been catching touchdowns. He's over 410. I'm pretty sure all those receivers are within 20 yards of each other. Mm-hmm. But Antonio Brown's the guy that stuck out to me the most, and he's. I feel like he's been the most consistent over guys like Evans, who only had 29 receiving yards last week, yeah. and Godwin, who didn't do much either. I'm going to take Antonio Brown at my 10th spot. Yes, um, obviously, I know this doesn't necessarily have to go off fantasy. I'm going off of what I've seen in game, yeah, what I've seen statistically. And so I think, well, yeah, Antonio Brown, he could be argued. I think as of now, he doesn't fall into my top ten, though. I agree yeah. with you over the con- consistency, but I think on that roster, I'm still going to take Mike Evans um, over Antonio Brown. It's just too close to call right now. My number ten is going to be Terry McLaurin. I like the way he's been playing, and this has been, you know, greatly because of the way Taylor Heineke has been playing. He didn't have the greatest week one. Um, So I definitely am going to expect him to keep improving throughout the year, and I like the way he's been playing so far. My number nine guy is DJ Moore, the Panthers. He's really gotten the opportunity to strive under Sam Darnold. Uh, He's running more intermediate routes. He's even gotten downfield a few times, and this really isn't the DJ Moore we saw with Teddy Bridgewater. Darnold's unlocked a new, just unlocked a new skill set in DJ Moore that he wasn't able to unleash with Bridgewater, and he's falls into my yep. number nine spot. Yeah, I have DJ Moore at number nine, too. I'm going to agree with everything you just said. He's been putting up good numbers. Uh, I believe he didn't have the best week last week, but that's not going to stay the same. Uh, he's definitely going to keep it going. Even with Christian McCaffrey coming back, he, he you know he's still a big threat through the pass game and expect him to keep doing well. Yeah, my number eight guy is Debo Samuel, the 49ers. <laughs> he has had a really surprising start when we expected guys like Brandon Ayuk to step up and sort of split with Debo Samuel, but that hasn't been the case. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he is slightly inflated by some really blown coverages and long catches downfield. And that's why I moved him down a little bit Um, because often he, when he doesn't get those long downfield catches, he really sometimes slightly lacks productivity. He only had like 14, something like that because he had a rushing touchdown last week. But Debo Samuel has been a great asset to this 49ers team and he's really impressed me. He falls into my eighth spot. Yeah. I have also liked the way he's played. Um, I just I can't put him at in my top ten mm-hmm. uh, statistically wise. He has the three touchdowns in the year. Now I'm looking at it. He had that 189 receiving yard game in week one, and then a 156 weeks four. But I think that 156 that was also helped out by and his two touchdown game. That was a great game. 
but I think that was also helped out by, didn't he have like a 76-yard tutty? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty long touchdown. And obviously that's not taken away from the fact that he still had like 90 yards receiving and another touchdown. I'm just saying, I don't think he can fall into my top 10 right now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, complete ranking-wise. But number eight is going to be Jamar Chase. I love the way Jamar Chase has been playing. It's so interesting because that wide receiver room is not bad for anybody that thinks the Bengals – are bad, that wide receiver room is not bad whatsoever. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you get that slot receiver in Tyler Boyd. You get the, uh, you know, rookie Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow reconnection. I'm going to take Jamar Chase at at my number eight because he's just been playing well. He's had over 100 yards receiving multiple times this year now. He's had multiple touchdown games, I believe, multiple times. And I just, I don't even know. He's definitely looking like the best receiver in the draft class as of now. Uh, statistically, so he's definitely going to fall on my number eight. Yeah, my number seven guy is Jamar Chase. Okay. Uh, he's been a great downfield threat for Burrow. Uh, he's got multiple 40-plus yard touchdowns. <clears throat> it's been great to watch him push through uh, his preseason struggles, and he's slowly becoming one of the better, I even should say one of the better wide receivers in the league right now. Yeah, um, He's been great. He's been productive. He's been consistent. Um, he's yeah, as you said, that Bengals wide receiver room, they're they're one of the better wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Um, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, they're great. Uh, and then Jamar Chase, I call Jamar Chase the wide receiver one at this point. And then yeah. Boyd and Higgins are supporting men. Um, it's great to see him progress. It's tough to see him on the Bengals because we have to play him twice a year. But it's been really great to watch Jamar Chase produce so far. What number is this now? Seven. seven. Yeah. My number seven, and I, I understand some people might want him higher. Some people might want him out of the top ten. This guy's really tearing me up right now. I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins at number seven. I, I understand. Wow. Do, is he even in your top ten? No. No. See, that, that's, that's interesting to me. I, all, I think, honestly, now that I put it lightly, I'm going to take Jamar Chase over DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I think I'd slide Jamar up to my seven and De- DeAndre Hopkins to my eight. But – it's another one of those guys where he's coming into the league as, you know, a top three wide receiver, top five wide receiver, and you're like, oh, my God, this is first round, second, late first round, early second round fantasy talent. And here he comes with the most – his most receptions he's had is six, six receptions, two weeks, uh, week one and then week five. And then he's only passed 80 yards two of those weeks. But he's had five touchdowns. Yeah. He's had five touchdowns through five weeks. And that's something that I'm not seeing out of a lot of these receivers uh, over the first five weeks of the NFL season. So I think because of that, he does slide in my top 10 because his five touchdowns are showing me that he's still a threat on this offense yeah. and that he is still going to be produce, uh, producing for this team and leading them to victories. Yeah, I think it's just been, it's just been a tough few weeks. Absolutely. And that yeah. wide receiver room, there it is a little bit more crowded than it was last year. A.J. Green's been productive. Yeah. Rondale Moore. Um, and it's <laughs> Christian gonna be, Kirk. It's Christian Kirk, yeah, he's still in there. It's going to be interesting to see how they all balance each other going forward. Uh, number six guy, Hollywood Brown. He's been one of the best wide receivers in the business uh, on the deep threat this year. Mm-hmm. I believe he's second in 20-plus yard plays. He's been a similar downfield threat to Jamar Chase. If that, if that one week with the drops, he could be a top four wide oh, yeah. receiver. His right numbers. Now. Just imagine he, his numbers, man. 
he's what the number eight wide receiver in terms of receiving yards so. in the NFL. Yep. Uh, he'd probably be fifth, fourth or fifth without those yeah. drops. Add another touchdown. Another what? Two touchdowns? Two yeah. touchdowns. Maybe two three touchdowns. if he had, if he had shooken off the tackle on the sideline. Yeah. Yep. But nonetheless, Hollywood Brown. He's been really impressive. I I've said for since the day Hollywood Brown was drafted. Uh, I've said this guy has the potential to be a wide receiver one. Everybody disagreed with me, and now everybody agrees with me. Hollywood Brown has been doing it with some of the best. He's faced Justin Simmons, that really tough Broncos secondary. Went crazy. Uh, had that long touchdown. The diving catch. Other, yeah, had some other uh, nice plays. And Hollywood Brown, uh, he's obviously we've known that he's had chemistry with Lamar. Uh, since the first week Lamar came in. But Lamar is really getting to work with him even to another degree now. And I'm really excited to watch Hollywood Brown for the rest of the year. I think he will easily be a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. I, he's, I mean, he's on pace. What is it, five mm-hmm. games, 380 yards? Or no, more than that, like four, 480. Because Andrews is at 400, and he's 10th in the Oh. Game. Let's see. Hollywood Brown's oh, yeah, he is higher. Four fifty one. Yeah, four fifty one. He's much higher than I thought. Yep. Yeah, I mean he's on he's on track to be a fifteen hundred yard receiver. Yeah. You know, if you if you keep that kind of stuff up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna agree with you. I think uh Hollywood Brown falls into my number this is six, right? Six. Look, we're Ravens fans. And we might be pretty dang happy that Hollywood Brown is finally performing. You know, like that week one against the Dolphins in twenty nineteen <laughs> where he had what the five yeah, it was, you know, it was like absurd. It, it was absolutely absurd. And then last year, he just didn't have the great year. Uh, we're Ravens fans. We like seeing him do well. I also, for one, did not think he had the full potential to put up the numbers he's putting up so far. I'm going to have to, you know, admit that. Obviously, you just said that. No one agreed with you. You're right. No one agreed with you. So for people who aren't Ravens fans that think we're like, oh, he's so good because we're Ravens fans. No, that has literally nothing to do with it. No. Um, I like the numbers he's been putting up. The separation that we're, we're, we brought up last week, he's getting like the three-and-a-half-yard average separation, uh, high peak of separation from whoever is guarding him. That's phenomenal. Lamar is making better decisions. He is putting the ball in receivers' hands. Uh, I just I really like the way Hollywood Brown is playing, and obviously the drops at Detroit, he could be much higher. Um, I I don't even know what to say. I'm honestly still in, in shock that he is doing well because the whole thing of us drafting Rashad Bateman and then Wallace. By the way, what has Wallace been doing? Is he like nothing? He's been getting like two snaps a game on offense. Yeah, I was gonna say, but at the same time, I don't expect much because we have uh, we already Lincoln, have guys. Bateman, Brown, yeah. Crochet, Duvernay on. We already have guys just like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it's definitely interesting that's not ex- not what i expected i did not expect us to use him this much after drafting you know two receivers in the draft so it's cool seeing him do well and also i do want to ask you is stefan diggs in your top 10 stefan diggs is not my top 10 okay so yeah that that's kind of what i was trying to figure out i'm like mm-hmm. it, he's I, honestly i want to say stefan diggs in my top 10 screw terry mclaurin i'm putting diggs at number 10 it it's phenomenal <laughs> to me that Diggs is missing out on the touchdowns right now, but he's had over 100 yards receiving like four or five games. I'm done with it. He's had the targets. He's had the catches. Just give him a touchdown. And I know one thing. I love Stephon Diggs. He went to Maryland. I love Stephon Diggs. He's on my fantasy team. That has nothing to do with it. He's a good wide receiver, and he needs to get the touchdowns. He's doing great so far. Screw Terry McLaurin. He's yeah, he's, only 70, he's 
going from 60 to 70 yards four times. He's sort of just sitting right in the middle of – he's sort of just sitting at average right now, I'd say. not Obviously not an average receiver, but average receiving yards. And that offense is also just using yeah. everybody now. Yeah, they're using really – You see Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Baisley, guys like that. But yeah. I, I, I think Diggs falls somewhere in the – 14 to 16 range for me. I right think I'll finish. Just, I'm, I think I'm he turns saying, it around. Because I'm saying just off of this season, what we've seen so yeah. far. All right, my number five is Justin Jefferson. Okay. Yep. Uh, he's had a great year. Uh, next to Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen's been on the lesser productive side of things. Uh, Jefferson's just been great. I think we all expected this uh, after what we saw the first year. Uh, he's gone over 100 yards twice this year, yep. uh, over 70, four out of five times. And he's got three touchdowns to complement that, too. He's been really consistent. Um, he's gotten over five receptions each week. And I like where this guy's going. And Jefferson is going to turn into one of the top receivers in the NFL um, as the years go on. Yeah, now I'm thinking we might have the same top five. Justin Jefferson's at my five spot, too. Uh, I figured he'd be in the top 10 range this year. Top five? I don't know if I thought that. No. And then again, I don't think I, – I, I, I guess I can assume two guys in your top four that are also in mine that were just like, bro, what? How are they top four? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think we probably have the same top five now that I really piece it together. But Justin Jefferson, I agree with you. He's had some great, some great numbers so far this season. I, I expect it to continue that way. All right. You can go. Who, to, who's your number four? All right, my number four. My number four is going to be Tyreek Hill. I think he's – and now now that I think about it, you might not have him at four. You might have him higher. Tyreek Hill has been putting up good numbers. The issue for me is the way he's performed in some situations. That drop he had uh, inside the 10, I believe it was. I understand he was double covered, but it went right through his hands as he got hit. Um, you know, that, that's an issue. He's had a couple uh, drops so far this season. Um, and then he was getting absolutely clamped by Anthony Averitt in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> Anthony Averitt, bro. <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me that, that that third and ten, he goes on an out route, like an eight-yard out route, and there's Anthony Averitt just, boom, punching that was, it. That was a huge that, play. That was such a huge play. And it's something that Tyree Kill, among all others, probably should have caught probably should have gotten to. And I understand it was a great play by Averitt. I'm not taking that away from him. But the way Tyreek Hill's been playing, he's still top five. But I definitely could see him falling back if he continues to do what he's been doing. Yeah, uh, number four, I have Tyreek Hill. Okay. <laughs> um, he, he's still one of those top guys. He's obviously a great deep threat. Yep. Um, but there are just three guys that have been better than him this year. Yeah, uh, he's as you said, few big drops that drop right through his hands. Pick six that can't happen. That's a killer. Um, just to start the half too, and that yeah. just it's just a momentum killer. And you know he's still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, yeah. but I don't think we expected two of these guys in front of him to be there. Okay, with him. yeah, we definitely have the same. Time. Yeah, as we move on to number, <laughs> as we move on to number three, I have Mike Williams. Yep. Yeah, Mike Williams. Wow, what a surprise he's been. 
Yeah. If that anything, something else. if you told me a Chargers receiver in the top five, I would have Keenan said. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Exactly. I know we made our prediction at the beginning of the year. I know both of us said Keenan oh, Allen yeah. would probably finish top five, oh, yeah. maybe top three. I remember us saying that specifically, that's, that's and now he's it. like, what? <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's crazy. Keenan yeah, Allen, we finished a five. We we Well, this was, this was fantasy rankings, but we predicted mm-hmm. a five, fifth to eight. Yep. Uh, finish. Yep, and Mike Williams just been putting up some great numbers. You know, you bring in the touchdowns, and he's always had. And we, I remember somebody was talking about like, uh, I believe it was on, uh, I, I guess Sunday countdown. Uh, they were talking about is Mike. They were giving fantasy status, and they were like, Mike Williams is he a surprise? They were going over like surprise, and they're like, no, not necessarily. Yes, he's surprising that he's doing this well. But it's not like he's been invisible the past couple of years. You know, he's he's been over a thousand yards, I believe, before, right? Uh yeah. I, I believe he has year, I think twice I think before. He literally had one thousand and one one year. Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely been, you know, an offensive tool before. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely surprising. Yeah, one year, twenty nineteen, a thousand and one yards. Yep. Uh, oh my god. It's just surprising when, to see him do this well. Here's the interesting thing. On 49 receptions. Oh wow. With a 20.4 average per catch. That's Jeez. insane. That's unbelievable. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's definitely my 3 too. All right, so moving on to number 2, we have Cooper Cup. Yep. Uh wow. <laughs> I don't think we expected Cooper Cup. Yeah. To that's weird. Do this well. Stafford comes in. I guess he just opened something up in Cooper Cup that he yeah. didn't have Jared Goff because uh, he has had a high touchdown rate, and when he hasn't had those touchdowns, his production's been down slightly. But I don't care. Cooper Cup's been uh, the second-best receiver in the NFL so far, and that leads to Devontae Adams at number oh, one. that's not my number one. I'm joking. Yeah. Devontae Adams, number one. Yep, mm-hmm. I don't think that needs any explaining. What, what do you have, 200 yards last week? Yeah, it was, it was ugly. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty bad. You know, when you get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in there, uh, you're gonna get the production out of that. Uh, yeah. I, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' final year with the Packers. Um, yeah. Him and Devontae both posted that last dance thing with Jordan and Pippen on their story. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be it for Rodgers, but I think Devontae Adams is gonna go out with a 1,500 yard plus season. Hey, yeah. Definitely possible. Yeah. I ex- I think I think he could lead the league in receiving yards. Yeah. And with an 18-game season, who knows? He could break a couple records. Yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch yeah, how absolutely. he does throughout the season. That will end our week six podcast. We will reflect on these boom and bust picks next week. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but until then, we will see you next time.